as famous as a place of movie scenes. Noise is always loud, there are sirens all around, and the streets are mean. If I can make it here, I can make it anywhere, that's what they say. edition of the Hills to Hawkesbury Living magazine. There are great new sections on local living legends together with history and photos from the past. Their What's On section will let you know about local events. There's the much-loved TV guide and the classifieds will link you to the best trades and services in the area. For over 33 years, the Hills to Hawkesbury Living has been the magazine for the community and now a proud station sponsor. Johnny, Johnny Lee, Lee and the and classic, classic Rock, Rock Express. Johnny Lee and the Classic Rock Express. Johnny Lee 
and the classic Rock Express. Johnny Lee and the classic Rock Express, playing the hits from the 60s, 70s and 80s. Good times, great music. Thursday afternoons from 12 on Triple H 100.11. guys, we're local band Usual Suspects and this is Triple H.
Good morning, good morning. It is Sunday morning. You are live here on Triple H 100.1 FM. Today's show is staying with Lucy. Welcome, welcome. Uh, that song, as we're fading it out, is Suave Connections by Michael and Curtis Ben from their dance album, Volume 2. Um, it opens the show every week because it gets me in the groove for a little bit of... Uh, little bit of truth and honesty and this week we're definitely needing that it, it's been an amazing week we have had uh, the international day international women's day broadcast on wednesday of coming together of so many different areas of the triple h community um, it was really beautiful to see. So we had Kate Carnell, who does the show on Monday mornings with me, and um, Chad, who does the the Tuesday breakfast show, and uh, Neil, who was on technical production. We had um, Hugh and Patrick and a couple of other people on the barbecue, feeding everybody through the day. And it just... It was a real community coming together. I saw Mary there. I saw Jeff there. Um, so thank you to all who did actually come out on Wednesday to support the International Women's Day event. It's something that um, I, as Stay in the Loop with Lucy, organise every year, and I'm I'm really uh, pleased to be able to offer it. It was bigger and, and different this year to last year. More women came through. There were more stalls on offer the people who came and put their stalls up did so regardless of the fact that it was drizzly and rainy during the day. And for that, I am enormously grateful for those that, that there were only a couple of stalls that didn't show. And, and that's huge, bearing in mind that uh, the money we raised um, by having a stall there went towards the Hornsby Kurenkai Women's Shelter and Streetwork Young Women's programs that, uh, that they're rolling out at Easter. So to take a step back... Um, this, sh this is a show that covers health and well-being through connection to people, people in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their choices and consequences, and regardless of age, their innate wisdom. By discerning and getting a sense of what's transferable from what these guests share, we can choose to apply the relevant aspects in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found a more sustainable, loving and heartfelt way to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and our mental health. This week's show will go over our International Women's Day event on the 8th of March. It was a celebration of the services and women we have in our community. And as I said, regardless of the rain, we were out there with colour and enthusiasm. There were bucket loads, real bucket loads. <laughs> Today's show will be recordings made on the day. That's interesting because as I was editing them yesterday, I learned so much about myself and how I present. And this is community radio. This is an area where we learn. We learn about how we are. And there is no greater reflection for me than how I am when I'm presenting. And there was no question for me on Wednesday that I couldn't turn anything on and off I don't fake anything on this radio show what you hear is what you is how I live is what you get with me it's it's um it's raw it's honest and on Wednesday having really worked very hard to get that um, event up and running with a very small group of people who were able to actively help me um 
I think I got to Wednesday and I had a little bit of more nervous energy than I normally have when I'm presenting. And I believe you can hear it. I know you can hear it in these interviews. And for that, I'm going to apologize up front. The sound quality isn't fantastic. It, it never really is with an OB. You can't get the same quality that you get in a studio. But I also can hear that I haven't held the microphone I've held the microphone as I would in a studio, but these microphones that we have in the outside broadcast, they're not, they don't need the same. You don't have to shout. Um, you have to hold them in a slightly different way. And I learned from listening back to how I was and how I presented that there was a nervousness, there was a trying to really get you all to... Um, be part of the day to come down and to get enthusiastic, as enthusiastic as we were feeling. But the result is, as you will hear, that that um, I push the boundaries and I actually find it difficult. I found it very difficult. I don't have the technical skill, sound engineering skill to be able to take out where I've kind of pushed it to the limit. So... Um, but then I, I really thought I don't actually have the right to hold back the interviews that I did either because the people that we interviewed were sharing really important things. And just because I had a lesson and a learning about how to interview people and how to share, that doesn't mean that uh, you don't you shouldn't get to hear what they say. So the first um, couple of interviews I'm going to kick off with, the first one is Nathan Tilbury who's um, a councillor on the Hornsby Council. And he, uh, he and the next person, Emma Heidi, they talk about the importance of women getting involved in politics. When I was talking to Nathan before, before we did the interview, I was sharing with him that for me, um, politics doesn't appeal because there is such enthusiasm and unapologetic acceptance of the fact that it's an unpleasant area to be in that that people think it's funny and okay to belittle and berate each other and make it personal when you can't get your point across and for me that is the antithesis of what politics should be about and what negotiation and what um you know politicians should be doing because we should all be working together uh, to come to an understanding about how we can put uh, policies in place that support everyone equally. It isn't about having an ideology and promoting that. And that was, that w I really struggled with that. But what Nathan shared with me was that women bring something to politics that is a voice we absolutely have to have in politics. So... I do hope that you get to to hear and enjoy this as much as I did being in interviewing him and I'm sure that actually I I would love to to talk to Nathan further and get him to to come in and uh, maybe extend on the you know the idea of the bear pit and whether that is acceptable or not and maybe uh, uh um, Maybe getting Judy Hopwood in as well, who actually was in that position, would be a good plan. So, Nathan, without further ado, you are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. Stay in the loop, we, loop with Lucy. And this is Nathan Tilbury from our International Women's Day interview. Now, I'm standing here with Nathan Tilbury. We were just chatting off air and, uh, and about 
about women in council, in local council. Can you tell me there seems to be a difference, a balance, an imbalance of men and women in the Hornsby Council and men and women in the Coringlau Council. Can you just explain to the listeners about if there's an imbalance and what it is and where it is? Sure, thanks Lucy. That's right, at Hornsby Council we have 10 councillors and of those 10 we, we have just one woman, one female. Wow. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a dramatic imbalance. Uh, Coringlau Council do that a little better. Um, they've got about half the councillors are women uh, and half are men, which is which is how it should be, I think. Um, there's a lot of issues that come before us at local government uh, that really, you know, um, I think would benefit from uh, more women making the decision on that particular... I'm talking about things like um, parks. I mean, a recent notice of motion I got up was shade sales over parks. In, in council, at Hornsby Council, we had none. Wow. We still have no parks that have any artificial shade. shade. Yeah. And uh, and I think that there's something that maybe as councillors we didn't appreciate. Yes. Um, you know, something as basic as helping a mother taking your yes. child to to a park, and uh, and that's the sort of thing I think we we really benefit from more women looking at those sorts of things and and changing it for the better. So what I'm also hearing you saying is that it doesn't matter what your qualifications are; it's actually your life experience that you bring to a council, your practical life experience, and that's where we need people who have had all experiences. Something as simple as taking your kids to the park and going, actually, this park doesn't support the kids who are playing in it because one, there's no water fountain, or two, there's no shade, or there's, there's no bouncy surface, it's all hard concrete, things like that, that if you don't ever go to a park, you wouldn't actually notice. Yeah, I think that's that's crucial. What you hit on there, life experience for a councillor is very important. And a lot of people think, um, you know, I don't want to put my hand hand up to run for local council because I, you know, it's not for me. I don't know what to do. Um, but I think for people that have had life experience, and it usually takes something like, you know, shade sales over parks or um, fences around parks or whatever, an issue like that for somebody to get um, to get the encouragement to put their hand up and actually run for local government. So. Uh, you know, I think somebody needs a passion in, in a particular area, but they don't necessarily need to understand all the details about the process. That life experience is what you, you touched on is very, very important. And, you know, frankly, there's not enough um, diversity with that currently at Hornsby. The passion is another word that is so important. And um, having passion, I mean, a lot of people come to politics and come to champion a, an organisation or a cause or set up a lot of organisations through a pain, through something that's touched them deeply to themselves or to a friend. And it would be amazing to have some people come through who don't have that, who just say, this is a service that I feel maybe, maybe I could offer my community. Yeah, and get something to offer. Otherwise, we get the same old, same old. And, and uh, we do need a change with the times. And you're quite right, a great example of this particular term um, of both Hornsby and Kringai Council supporting is the Hornsby Kringai Council Women's Shelter, um, which opened up two years ago. Um, and the push for that was three years ago, and, and we've successfully opened that. And we've had about uh, over 100 women go through that. But that, that's something that both councils really got enthusiastic about, got behind, and, and made a reality. And, you know, myself as a council, I'm on the board there. That was a, a really good cause. But, you know, whatever floats your boat, if you like, as a potential councillor, there are many, many issues out there when, you know, as a council, we need to be looking at things differently. Yep, my understanding is the, the new council that's being proposed will have five wards.
Okay. Uh, so you just need to work out what ward you're in. Okay. And, and, then, then, and then put your hand up to run in that particular ward. And my understanding, again, will be three councillors in each ward with a total of 15 councillors. And for a mayor to be elected from amongst that 15 councillors for a period of two years. Two years is a great opportunity, isn't it? Because rather than get elected, get settled, everyone get comfortable with your style of leadership and your, your way of working as a team together, to then have to go and undo it all and, and campaign for re-election. I mean, it's just, you never really get anything done. Yeah, look, there are pros and cons to the pop elected mayor, which is what we currently have in Hornsby, or the mayor that's elected from the councillors, which is with the Karingai system. You're right, one year is just too soon, particularly for somebody new in the role, where they've just got their feet under the desk and suddenly, you're right, they've got to go and lobby their colleagues to be re-elected and nothing gets done. And four years um, in Hornsby, um, you know, that could be difficult as well, where you've got um, a particular uh, mayor that perhaps not, not be as good as, as, uh, as you, you would like and you're stuck for four years with the mayor. So two-year term, I think it's a, a really good, um, takes the best of both worlds, if you like, and a really good middle ground. So we've established that as a female, we want more females on the council. We want to encourage more females to do it. It doesn't matter if you don't have qualifications. Your life experience is what's important. Maybe a little bit of tenacity um, and the ability to, um, to learn and to be willing to work as a team. That will be a good quality to have. All of those things, you know, and, and as I say, if somebody's got a particular passion which, uh, you know, can be affected by local government, that's a great place to start and start thinking about, you know, how they might be able to change that particular interest uh, um, for them yes. and, and do that within local government. Maybe some volunteering to get to know your community as well. It's very I, I, important, isn't it, Nathan? You're very much embedded in the community for us. Look, I think people that come through the community groups... Um, make the best councillors because you know they've been on the other side of the fence uh, and then if they like they, they progress on to being a councillor um, they can understand the community a lot better so that's a terrific advantage and we've got some terrific volunteers men and women um, but some some really proactive volunteers uh, in our show in both shows Hornsby and Kringo. Fantastic thank you so much it's been a pleasure to talk to you today and thank you for coming to see International Women's Day encouraging people to come down and I'm very pleased to hear that you've heard talk of us being here quite a lot before we actually got to today. Look, congratulations Lucy and Triple H and, and everybody that's here today, it's terrific and yeah, I had heard a lot coming into today and it's built up and it's a great crowd here, so well done. Yeah, oh, excellent, we'll see you again, thank you very much. There you go. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you can hear the, the um, I mean, his message is fantastic. Let's get out there, let's value our voice really consider um, volunteering within your community because uh, it makes such a difference in the community, but also consider taking that experience that you've got, the passion that you've got, and, and applying it in local government if, that is, um, if that's something that you're interested in doing. Now, um, Emma equally had a very interesting, had, had a similar message. Here is Emma Heidi from The Greens, interviewed by Kate Cornell. And we are actually joined right now by Emma from the Greens. Good morning, Emma. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. This is a really exciting day for women and for the local area in, in general. Definitely. Now, speaking of the local area, Emma, what are the Greens actually campaigning for on a local level for women? 
Yeah, well, first of all, we want at a really local level more Greens on council because out of the whole of Sydney, there is no other Shire council that has fewer women on it than Hornsby. Hornsby oh, takes it on, goes that. It's got one woman councillor, one female councillor. That's absolutely shocking and we feel really strongly that that needs to change. So we will have female candidates in the... Um, council elections. So that is a definite priority for us, getting some equity around representation at a really local level. 100% sounds like something we definitely need to aim for there. Now, why do the Greens think it is still important to campaign for equal rights? Well, I was reading this morning this absolutely hilarious and at the same time really shocking statistic that in Australia, it is more likely that uh, your name will be John or Peter or David and you'll run a company than, um, than you'll be women. There are fewer women um, running companies than there are men called, called John. John, Peter, yeah, <laughs> wow. or David. So, um, yeah, I mean, clearly at a board level, at a executive level, we need more a female representation. Uh, women earn less than men across the board. Women have far less superannuation than men. Uh, they have less housing security than uh, men. They tend to have less secure jobs than men um, and their uh, social standing is often um, affected by their gender as well. So there's a whole range of areas where it's still really important to speak out about um, equality and um, empowering women to um, just lead an equal life and um, an equal financially powerful life as men. A hundred percent and that's an, that's an outrageous statistic isn't it? Your name you're more likely to have a John that runs a business than any other female by any name. That's incredible. Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, it, ma it makes you laugh, but it also makes you think, what? In 2017, I mean, we've had International Women's Day since 1911, and we're still talking about the same issues. Wow. And uh, yeah, so it's um, up to all of us to step out and um, speak up for these issues and, and make these facts known and to, to act on it at local level as well as a, a state and a federal level. 100%. I think um, just having people be aware of it through events like this is probably something great that can get people going wow that's outrageous and you know we need to fill that gap definitely now how many female MPs do we have in the Greens and what exactly are their responsibilities? Yeah, we're really proud of the fact that the Greens not only talk about equality, we actually have equality in the party. So we have 50% uh, male and female um, representatives in Parliament. No other party has um, as many women MPs. So in the New South Wales Parliament, uh, we've got a new female MP. Her name's Dawn Walker. Uh, and she's from uh, up the north um, coast, from the Byron area. And we've got Dr. Maureen Faruqi, um, who's the first Muslim um, female MP in New South Wales. And she looks after women's issues and the environment and a whole lot of other really important portfolios. Um, and we also have, at a federal level, Senator Lee Rhiannon is our uh, New South Wales federal MP. And we've got Tamara um, in the New South Wales Parliament as well and um, at a federal level. Several other women, Rachel Seawert from WA and um, my mind's gone blank. Who's our <laughs> fabulous senator from Queensland? <laughs> I can't remember her name right off the top of my head, but she's been um, really instrumental in getting the focus on the Barrier Reef um, and the effects of climate change there. Definitely so relevant really for Queensland. Really powerful women and really making such a big impact. 100%. And as you said, 
uh, Hornsby letting us down a little bit uh, because we need more females in the greens up there. So it'd be great if we could bridge that gap and uh, definitely. So um, thank you so much for joining us today, Emma. Yeah, absolute pleasure, Kate. Thank and you so much for having me on your show. Make sure you enjoy the stalls around here. Yeah, it's so exciting to see so many people focused on women and women's issues and not to the detriment of men. Um, it doesn't come at the cost of men, but we need to talk about these issues because they matter to all of us and a healthy society has equality between the sexes. Definitely. So it's, it's happening here at Hornsby today and that's just awesome. The next little section actually is rather interesting. We're going to have uh, an interview with Nazra Nazizi, who works for Ability Links. I met her through my work as a youth worker, but also through networks where I noticed there were she was doing a lot of work with people who had um, come from other countries and helping them settle into Australia. And uh, being an immigrant myself, that was... Um, an area that I found very supportive. We, we underestimate how hard it is. Now, I, I came from an English-speaking country to an English-speaking country and I found it difficult. And I needed networks to support me when I moved as a parent with very young children and didn't really know your car system. I didn't really know the school system. I didn't know so many things that we take for granted. And as I said, I spoke the same language. So when I was invited to um, an Afghan morning tea that Nazrin was organizing, I jumped at the chance. I wanted to really, um, you know, see see what what went on and, and uh, what kind of things they discussed and see how they helped each other. So this is an initial interview with Nazrin, um, followed by an interview with Azilla, who is one of the women from that uh, from that morning tea. Enjoy. Here I am standing with Nazrin Azizi, who I have met through Ability Links and Settlement Services International. Welcome. Thank you so much, Lucy. Thank you. Now, you are one of the wonderful organizations who have helped to sponsor this event. Why did it um, matter to you that, that you were involved? Uh, as Ability Link, as you know, like I really love to work with people, with women, you know, especially, especially who are suffering from domestic violence and have a disability. So I was running a woman group, Afghan woman group. So when I meet with you, Lucy, so that's why I said, okay, I want to be part of this uh, event. You know, like I really want to be as a woman because I'm a woman. <laughs> and you know what? I came to your... Um, Afghan morning tea. I was honoured to be invited and had the most amazing time. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was wonderful. And so, um, tell me about why it's important for women in different cultures to get together with their own culture in a different country. Oh, it's a good question. Yes, uh, you know, usually in northern region there is a no Afghan women's group. You know, Persian, Afghan, and Iranian groups. So. One of my ladies, you know, she was one of my participants. She wants to find a group to be inclusive, but unfortunately there is no group. So that's why I created this group and these people's coming here. And they really have a good time. And they said, you know, like when we're here, we, we forgot about our pain, you know, and our stress. So that's, that's really important for them to be together, same culture, speaking same language, because English is their second language and most of them, they're not able to uh, 
learn English. Yeah. Yeah. So in English, so it's easy for them to be in a group and speak in same culture, you know, same language. I love the support that you're, sh you're sharing with us, that they share with each other. That it doesn't matter. I noticed there was one person who came for the first time, and and everyone was just as warm to that person as to the people who've been there every week. Yeah, that that's their culture, you know. Like they're always welcome. They're always hosting, you know. Like it's a uh, hospitality. Their culture, you know. Like as Afghan people and Iranian. And the food. Oh my lord! What a great morning tea. That was delicious. Thank you so much. <laughs> So now maybe we could have a chat with some of the um, women from the... Because you brought them all here by bus this morning, yes, didn't you? We, uh, yes, I booked a community bus, so that's why I bring them here. Fantastic. So to here. Okay, so maybe we'll try and have a chat with them yes, after a couple of songs, if you can organize so who would, yep. be, who would be willing to have and share with us what, what they find in the group and how they join their day. Because I've seen that they've had henna hands. Dance, yes, and they're having a nail done. Yes, and doing massage as well. Doing massage. Do you think any of them will go for a, a flower crown like you? Yes, you think so? Yep. That's the Pleasure. afternoon you're taken care of, isn't it? <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you for, so much. for doing Thank the interview. <laughs> we are live um, for International Women's Day at Hornsby I am standing here with Fazila. Welcome, Fazila. Thank you very much. Just come away from the microphones a little because we're going to whistle otherwise. Yep. I want to thank for uh, Ability Lane SSI Nasrin, the uh, caseworker. Since she she helps all the ladies, we have a wonderful time. Uh, we have a, I, Actually, I have depression after she came in and uh, she helped us. We feeling different thought, different life, and we enjoy it so much. Thanks for the organization of SSI and Ability Link, and especially for Nasrin. So tell me, you meet every Wednesday, is that right? Yes, that's a uh, fabulous group. Uh, all Afghan ladies, um, Iranian, and different nationality. And we have lots of craft over there. Beautiful things, looks like all ladies coming in the group. And we have morning tea, then we have lunch, and we do lots of craft on it. And we see each other. Then we have a big community, and especially we see the community. The yes. community is very enjoyable. And how important is it to get together and speak your own language when you're in another country that where you're learning so much all the time? It, it can be quite tiring, oh, can't it? It's affect, it's affect so much good because it looks like when we will be uh, with community, we, we feeling of our country. Yes. We feeling we are in our country. Yes. And, uh, well, for sure, Australia is our country also, but we missing. Our, yes. We, are, we, we feeling we are homeless but when we see each other we feeling wonderful about uh, our community and people and the, the person is um, they bring all of us together is Nasrin. One of the things that I found when I came to live in Australia was that I needed to talk to someone who, who could tell me how things worked because something as simple as going to get your car registered is different in every country you go to. Yes, and, it, and we think it's the same because, I mean, I, I speak the same language and I found it hard. Yes. And I remember standing there going, imagine if I was trying to talk a different language, how difficult this That's process right. would be. So yeah. when you all get together, you're able to help each other yep. with that experience. Those little tricks that help life and integrate no, help you integrate more into Australian community. That's that's true. That's true. When especially in the morning group at Wednesday, 
we all being together we have a lovely lovely time and we talking about everything about our country our, about yes. our people about yes. our family yes. and it's fabulous so in fact you may have lost some of your family by coming to australia but you create another family here and you all support each other and that's very evident seeing you all here today you all clearly care very deeply for each other that's really really true because um, especially when you are, you, your family is uh, here yes. some people not have a family yes. like when i the beginning i coming i was alone I yes. was alone. Tell my mom and dad coming. But when we see our community, we feeling looks like we are around our family. Yes. And it's really, really enjoyable when we have a community around. Every area should have a community and community worker to help, yes. help the people with community um, problems. And uh, looks like when we will be all together, we sort out our problem when somebody needs some help. Uh, anybody can do anything we help each other yeah. looks like that's why i went long ago i live at lankova and i have lots of support at over there because my cousin relative living there yes. that's why i want to stay long at that area because i have more support from community and that's when nazarin's done a wonderful job hasn't she because she sees where the need is and oh, she yeah. finds a way to bring the community together she is. and to make a, a bond. I, I, That's it, true. Yeah. It comes yeah. out of her so naturally. Yeah, she, she make, looks like a, a big chain. Chain looks like a chain all together. Yes. And uh, it, all ladies uh, have a fabulous time, wonderful time. It's very, very enjoyable for all of us, not well, just for me, for all of them. Absolutely. Well, and I can see you're speaking on behalf of your group, and, and I thank you on behalf of Triple yeah. H. Thank you um, very much for your Ability well. Links were one of the sponsors of this event, so big thank you to them. Thanks for you to give me a time to you're talk about most it. You're welcome. And thanks for her again. Perfect. <laughs> thank you very so much. So we are broadcasting Bye -bye. live from Triple H 100.1 FM. The Woman I Am There by Deborah Savran. What a beautiful song to uh, to take us out of Nazarin's interview there and uh, Azilla's interview. What a, what a touching interviews For me, it just shows when Azilla talks about the fact that she had depression and it's very difficult in English to make yourself understood in your own language to someone who doesn't understand depression. But can you imagine that in a different country when you're trying to to deal with so much change and potentially trauma that you've experienced then having to do that and explain that in another language it's incredibly tiring and one of the contributing factors to depression is tiredness so it's exhausting so if what what Nazarin and Ability Links do is they offer a space to be able to speak in their own language and to support each other as women and watching them and seeing how they come together. It's a, it's actually a show that I'll do, a, a longer show where you can meet some of the other women and hear their stories and hear you know how they've how they've come to be here and how they're supporting each other while they're here to blend into um, another culture, a very different culture from the one that they're from. So we're going to go to um, a slightly different feel now. We're going to go to another interview that I did on the day. And it's with Win Yi, who works for Hepatitis 
New South Wales talking about the rise of hepatitis in the area. So um, any second now, you will have Win Yi from Hepatitis New South Wales. I am here with Win Yi. Um, you are representing Hepatitis... B. Hepatitis B, yes. Hepatitis B. Now, it's Hepatitis New South Wales is the organisation, isn't it? Yes. Tell us, um, can you tell us a little bit about what hepatitis looks like? And then maybe we might talk about how prevalent it is, mm. how common it is to see it in our communities. Uh, when we talk about hepatitis, uh, people don't realise that there are so many different kinds of hepatitis out there. Uh, and a very common misconception is that it comes from food, but it actually doesn't. It's not transmitted through food at all. We've got A, B, C, D and E. They're all very different, but they have one thing in common, which is that they all affect the liver. Hepatitis B uh, is transmitted through blood and sexual fluids only. So don't worry, you know, it's fine to eat with people. You don't have to be paranoid about it. Yep. Um, we can all so share it can't food. be transferred through saliva? No, no. It cannot be transferred through saliva at all. Um, symptoms are very light and some people can't even tell. And that's uh, one of our major concerns, I guess. It's why we want to encourage everyone to get tested. Uh, symptoms are things such as feeling fatigued, um, you know, losing your appetite, or perhaps a bit of bloating, maybe some stomach aches. Nothing yeah, major. So you could think that you've just yeah. got a digestive issue. Exactly, just a passing flu, maybe. Um, and especially for chronic Hep B patients, uh, it means that you know they've had Hep B all their lives. They can't. They don't know the difference between what is feeling well and what yes. isn't. In some ways. So we really would like everyone to, you know, get tested. It's for free. Go to your doctors and ask for it. And, you know, if you find out, it's great because, you know, if you if you find out that you haven't been vaccinated, you can get vaccinated against it. You're protected for life. Um, and maybe you might find out that you have Hep B. You know, it's a very slight chance, but you might. And the thing that you have to do with that then is to get treated. Um, regular treatment with the doctor, regular monitoring, um, to maintain your liver health, that's very important. And that's what we're here about today. So if you have got Hep B, is it, some, is it a degenerative illness of the liver? So can the liver, once you start being treated, can the liver regenerate? Um, the thing about Hep B is that uh, it does get worse. You know, if you don't treat it, 25% of people end up getting cirrhosis, which is a hardening of the right. liver. Yeah. Um, and then it can go on to liver cancer as well. Yes. And with liver cancer, if you catch it in the early stages, it's easy to treat. Yeah. Uh, a bit later on, it becomes very complicated. So we encourage people to go to the doctor every 6 to 12 months if they have Hep B, just to maintain everything, make sure that everything's okay. And if anything seems a bit wrong the doctor will let you know and then he'll start you on treatment which is a pill every day um for the rest of your life pretty much okay and it's interesting isn't because we're actually very good at ignoring symptoms and just plowing on yeah but we're, what you're doing here is is prevention let's go in and ask our doctors to get a hep b test and um because it can affect pregnancy so it's important that actually when when that it, you can still get pregnant even if you've got Hep B. Yeah. But it's better to find out before because obviously the pregnancy puts a great deal of pressure on yeah. the liver. Um, so in Australia, all pregnant women get tested for Hep B, uh, which is a great thing because we often get questions such as, if you have Hep B, can you be a parent? Can you be a mother? Uh, the answer is yes, but you need to work with your doctor about it. So that means um, when the child is born, 
they need to get prophylactic, so uh, the Hep B immunoglobulin within 12 hours of their birth, also the first shot of the Hep B vaccination, and that really greatly reduces the chan- um, the chances of the child getting Hep B as well. So uh, I guess uh, here at International Women's Day, we want people to know that you know even if you have Hep B and you're a woman. You still can be a mother if that's what you choose to yeah, do. Wonderful. Um, and, you know, there's no use for stigma or discrimination around this topic. Now, uh, it's slightly more prevalent in the multicultural communities, yes. which is why you're here today yes, to exactly. raise that yep. awareness. Mm-hmm. And so you do have flyers that you're handing out today in, in Chinese. In Chinese, yes. Uh, and we also have the My, uh, Liver and My Health Expo coming up in the next few weeks from next Monday and Wednesday onwards. And the when, Monday and Wednesday after that as well, we're going to have some talks on liver health in Chinese. Very important and very interesting to the Chinese community. We're also going to get some traditional Chinese um, medical practitioners to come right. in. So that's really cool. Uh, and on the 7th of April in Gordon at Gordon Library, we're going to have a huge expo that's not just liver, liver health, but also breast cancer, heart foundation, diabetes, all sorts of stuff. So if you're Chinese or if you have an interest in health, please do feel free to come along. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy. We're now going to have a, a chat with Emma from Streetworks. Um, Streetworks is an organisation that uh, I'm a youth worker with, so I'm going to put my hands up and say that right up front. Emma and I were um, talking about why they're here and the um, the money that part of the money that was raised on Wednesday, what it will go to. Um, I don't know if I've edited out the little bits, but I had great difficulty (laughs) interviewing Emma because I wanted to talk about what we're doing as a we, as opposed to what are you doing? Anyway, it was highly entertaining. Hopefully that uh, the entertainment comes across as opposed to the stumbling that comes across. All right. uh, This is Emma from Streetwork. I am standing here with Emma, who is one of the youth workers at Streetwork, which is what we're raising funds for today. Welcome, Emma. Thank you. What are the conversations you're having with the people who are coming to see you? Um, They're wanting to find out what we do at Streetwork and how we help the young people in the community. And we're also talking about volunteer opportunities for people who could help Streetwork as well. Oh, now that's a really good point because the volunteers, they're, they're, they're very important, aren't they? It's not always actually necessarily working with the young people themselves, but helping things run. Yeah, we've got two volunteers here today, which is crucial. We wouldn't be able to do that without them. And um, people can volunteer to do events like this for us in the future. And there's also other programs that we do um, in terms of an advocacy program. So volunteers can help us and help to help the young people who have got themselves in some trouble with the police. Yep. And they need an adult role model there to help them through that process. So there's a little bit of training that goes with that, but we guide you through that process at Street Work and there's other events that we run as well for our fundraising as well. Fantastic. Now, um, this is for International Women's Day. We're raising funds for a young women's program. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think that will look like when it actually, you know, if we get the funds, what do you think you'll put in place? Uh, we've got um, some great ideas in terms of stress management um, and helping young people through high school. Uh, it's a very challenging time at high school, a lot of pressure, social media, lots of things we're faced as with young women and those pressures that are put on us so helping support these young ladies to to get through school and all those pressures that go with that um, and looking to run um, some programs in April with that and we've got some a lot of um, volunteers and people who are going to come help us do that as well 
Excellent. And um, I've noticed that there's been a bit of networking going on. So we've actually, you've actually met new people who might actually be able to come on and do some programs for young women. Yes, that's correct. We've met. Uh, it's been a great opportunity to meet other people, like-minded people, wanting to help young women out. I want to network with the other ladies who are here to um, provide opportunities for the young people we work with and working together um, to get all those specialised skills um, is fantastic. Great news. So, well, I thank you so much, Emma. I no do worries. hope that what we actually manage to do is raise enough funds that we can uh, we can get a, a, a programme running maybe for the Easter holidays. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see See, I gave myself away right at the end. I said, I hope we can get so we can run something in the East Holidays. Very funny. Classic Lucy. Um, welcome back. So we have also uh, an interview with two young people who were there who actually had volunteered on the day. And this was their first time on radio. And I'd given them maybe five to seven minutes warning that they were coming on. Uh, they did very well. This is Amy and Emma. Um, Amy, you came to help us out, didn't you? Yeah. And have you found that it's been harder work than you thought doing the volunteering? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you, Emma? You were dragged at, down here by Amy this morning? Uh, yes, I was, yeah. <laughs> um, to paint some nails today. But, you know, it's, I think because it's a bit wet, people aren't sort of sitting down and asking for things like that to be done yet, so... We've got you handing out bags, and and what is it? Is that okay? Are you finding the people are a bit chatty when you're handing out the bags? Uh, some people are kind of chatty. Some people just run past you like they didn't <laughs> see you. But um, do you think it'll make you more aware, aware of people who try and talk to you in public about talking to them back? Uh, yeah. Do you get a bit of the people sort of walking past pretending to be on their phones? You know, yeah. like, oh, don't talk to me. Just Pe don't talk to me. People do that to me generally anyway. I'm not trying to contact <laughs> me them. Me too. What is it about us? <laughs> I don't know. Now, we are here raising funds for um, Women's Speaker and Girl Women's Shelter and Street Work Young Women's Program. So my question to you would be, if we're going to run a young women's program, is there something that you would like to see or not like to see? Um, I guess we all want to get women together and uplift each other in different things, you know. Um, definitely support in, in different areas. You'd like to see a bit more togetherness, a bit of unity amongst the women. Do you know, but that, that's a very key point, isn't it? Because so often women compare and they feel less than another person. Someone walks in looking amazing. Then the other person goes, oh, maybe I should have worn something different today. 100%. And you sort of, women tend to sort of knock each other down. When she's a 10 out of 10, you're like, I've got to find that flaw. But we should all, as you said, uh, try and lift each other up instead of dragging each other down. I think that's a, that's a solid point. It'd be good for us all to, yeah, definitely unite so. the front. Are we talking an appreciation program here? Are we <laughs> I don't think that. We might have to build to the appreciation. We might have to just be comfortable sitting in a room together first and actually just talking about how we can support each other, whether women do or they don't, just even opening that conversation. So like a young women's group where you talk about what the freshers are in school, out of school, whether social media adds pressure to how young people and young women are seeing each other at the moment? Yeah. Um, have, you, have you finished school now? Uh, 
Yes, I have. I finished last year. Um, yeah, but school programs as well would be heaps good for the younger girls, the teenage youth. Maybe yeah. Stop yeah, stop bullying. Um, yeah, just lift each other up. Now you've got something very interesting on your hand here. What's the, what's going on over here? Is it Hannah or something? Hannah. 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 And where did you get this done? Ability Links was it? At one of the stores, wasn't it? Yeah, Ability Links store. So it looks like we've got, if you wanted to get some henna painted on your hands, you can get that done down here. We are broadcasting live from Hornsby Mall. You are Have listening to Triple H 100.1 for International Women's Day. Thank you so much, Amy and Emma, for coming down. Thanks, girls. There you go. Why didn't they do well? Like five minutes notice thrown in there. Look, I have a... Um, I have a lot of thank yous to say. Uh, thank yous to the sponsors of the event. Without them, we actually couldn't have run it. So I'm just going to run through their names. Obviously, Ability Links and Settlement Services Australia, Arbonne, Gentle Rhythms, Seroptimus International, Hepatitis New South Wales, Smartline Personal Mortgage Advisors, Fernwood Fitness, and this show, Stay in the Loop with Lucy. Triple H also um, came to the table with uh, supporting the event um, by broadcasting it, by running the barbecue and, um, yes, yeah, supporting supporting me uh, to help stay in the loop with Lucy run the show so uh, thank you very much to all of those there were two people who really um, helped me over and above what I could have asked which was Alison Pearson who was an amazing spreadsheet organizational whiz and to Suvi who despite two feet in bandages came out to man the information stall so thank you very very much I'm really hoping that um, next year will be uh, we're definitely going to run next year but I'm I, I know that it's going to be bigger and better in the sense that we're going to be able to be more organized I'm actually not going to be doing any of the interviewing next year i'm going to leave that to kate carnell who um whooped it and clearly is ready for the baton to be passed to her and i will focus on making sure that uh, there's more awareness in the mall about what's happening on the day we did a little survey and um we heard that everybody uh, we i said you know how what's the likelihood of you coming back and from all the survey respondents 100% said they would come back. Um, when I asked about um, how much they enjoyed it, 80%, in fact, it was 85% responded in the four or five, which were the top two bands. So, you know, a massive thank you to everybody who who took part in it because actually that's a team effort. That isn't a one-person effort that makes that happen. And I, you know, that that's what we did. We all came together. We all could see what, what was needing to happen and we all did it. So enormous thank you and we will do it again next year. And when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking to Anne Prescott, who's going to be telling us a little bit about an event that the Rotary Club of Warunga are going to be running on the 18th of March. Welcome back. You are listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM. I am lucky enough to be able to introduce you next to Anne Prescott. Welcome, Anne Prescott, to Triple H. 
Thank you, Lucy. Now, Anne is a member of the Rotary Club of Wurunga. The Rotary Club do an awful lot that isn't just local. We see them at so many local events. They support so many local events. But in fact, there are lots of different arms to um, Rotary that I thought Anne could tell us about. Um, with this particular event that we're going to be talking about today, it's a Nepalese cultural evening. But we couldn't really go there without saying, how does Rotary get involved in international affairs? Often uh, somebody from uh, the local area will visit a country and see the need and then the Rotary Club becomes involved. And that's exactly what happened here. Um, many of you would know Alan Walden, who used to run the butcher uh, in Eastern Road in yes. Wonga, he went over and came back and started raising money. And as a result of that, Rotary became involved. Long story there, but the short version is Rotary became involved and then I became involved. Um, I'm a teacher educator and so I went over, over there to help educate the teachers because primary teachers get no teacher education in the remote areas. So a lot of the teachers have never had any training in becoming a teacher. So I go most Januaries uh, in order to do that. And uh, as a result of that, I've seen great need within the area. And so on next Saturday, we're running the um, a, a Nepali cultural evening uh, with Nepali food and Nepali dancing and it'll be a lot of fun and it's uh, linked with the uh, with the Karingai Council who uh, are using it as their International Women's Day celebration. Wonderful. I'm very disappointed I can't go. I'm going to apologise in advance. I'd already had an event on that evening because I am... I, it just sounds like a great evening, a great opportunity to to see actually some more about, um, you know, the, the work that both you and Alan have been doing because, I mean, Alan's been our, our local butcher for years and so when he moved, I was a bit disappointed that actually I wasn't going to follow up, be able to follow up on what was happening to the projects that he had supported over there. So... I was very pleased to see um, to see this come up, and I'm just sorry I can't be there. Unfortunately, the area where we've been working was right next to the epicentre of the earthquake, so it was very badly damaged. Oh, and no. So, 90% of the people's houses were demolished. All the schools, um, all but one, but it actually burnt down later, um, and so. The whole thing, um, they're in desperate, desperate need um, for as much help as they can. We live in such a sheltered world over here. We don't have earthquakes. Oh, do we, we? Yeah, we, it, it's so easy to just see what you can see um, from the perimeter of your what your eyes can see and not imagine that there's anything going on somewhere else. And so, you know, bringing that to us and actually considering that the number of people who lost their homes in that event yes in fact um the people in the country areas in some ways because they were already subsistence farmers so um, they got to um prem katri who we work with he's um works with asa himalaya and uh and he was the link that alan had um into the area 
Um, Prem um, took up lots and lots of sheets of tin or metal um, that people were able to build houses out of, and that was good because it gave them shelter from the monsoon. Um, uh, but they're not terribly good for warmth because the yeah. any warmth you've got inside goes straight outside. Yes. Um, but nonetheless, they could then get to and um, plough their fields and grow their crops, and so they're actually feeding them themselves. Whereas in um, the cities, there are still people who are in tents, um, and and that's one of the issues. They they have no jobs, they have no income, and so they're still lining up for food. And the earthquake was on April the twenty fifth, twenty fifteen. That's wow. an awful long time. Uh, so um, there are some good things that can happen in the country, uh, and so at least the people are feeding themselves. When we're we're giving aid. If the aid actually is is um, a, it's a short term solution because ultimately it's about supporting a country to get back on their own feet and be able to support themselves, which as you say is the advantage of the country because they can get out there and grow crops again. People in the city right. can't. It's it's looking at how you can support them, and education is a big part of that. That's right. Well, save the children came in and they put up um, tents and sort of a bit more solid buildings in some places, but they're still not properly constructed buildings for the schools. And um, so one of the things that... One of the schools that I've been working with and one of the... for a long time has a a, a hostel where kids can come from um, all over the local area um, where they live more than two days' walk um, from the school. Um, They... Uh, and there's no education near them, they actually come and live in. Well, the hostel was also demolished and one of the things that we're doing is raising money on Saturday night um, for that uh, because uh, the the, the kids are still living in tents. Now, when we were there in January, it was minus five degrees. Wow. So, um, you know... We, we had nice warm sleeping bags. We were fine because we were also in tents. Yeah. We, we were fine. We were warm. But I'm not sure that these kids, they range in age from 8 to 20, and uh, they're struggling. I mean, yeah. it, it's tough. Um, so we're raising money to um, – we've got a hostel half built, but we ran out of money, so now we need to – we're raising money for that. We're also raising money for Days for Girls. Um, many of our girls – leave uh, education in their secondary years the toilets are horrendous believe me the toilets are horrendous mm. um, and so and and they don't have access to the sanitary products that we have mm. so days for girls provide um, washable sanitary napkins um, so that the girls can uh, keep at school and they're not uh, missing a week a month. Yes. As, as soon as someone misses a week a month, um, they lose out because they can't keep up and yes. so there's no point in them staying. So that's the other beneficiary. And the third beneficiary is the Brave Centre, which is in fact in Kathmandu. But um, we had a lot of kids who were uh, had problems in the... Uh, as a result of the earthquakes and also has other disabilities and it's set up to provide them with skills so that they can look after themselves and not be reliant on begging 
because the social services are almost non-existent in that area, so it's very difficult. So there's three beneficiaries for the for Saturday night for the cultural evening. What I also hear, I mean, I'm I'm really aware that you're raising funds for three different beneficiaries, and yet right. over there the dollar would go further. So actually, right. if someone can give fifty dollars over here, that could that could make a massive difference over there between those three organisations. Oh, it, it's yeah, it's like chalk and cheese. It's also um, it, the money. One of the good things about working with Rotary is the money goes straight to the person that needs it. It's not going to pay for advertising. Um, it's mm. not paying for. CEOs and things like that, it's actually going straight to the people. And that's one of the, the benefits of giving to Rotary. And uh, whenever we go over there, we take very little with us because um, we're better to take the money yes. and then spend it there so that money stays in the country and it's yes. employing people there. Yes. Um, it's much, much better um, way of doing things. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, and just very, very quickly, can you tell us um, what the attitudes to women are like in Nepal? Well, um, it's difficult. Um, I, um, I find it hard because I always see the women doing the very, very hard work. Hmm. They do the labouring. They go on and climb the trees to get the uh, feed for the goats. They're the ones who are... Um, working, they, they do a lot of labouring jobs. I'm talking about the country um, and so it's pretty hard. Um, as farmers, yes, the men do do, do work um, but it's a hard, hard life um, for uh, women and um, I, I would not like to be a woman in Nepal. Um, I think it's um, I have to work much harder than I do here, much harder. Yeah. That's uh, it, it's uh, very sobering, isn't it? When you just sit and yep. think, you know, I mean, I'm very blessed. I'm sitting in a warm studio, and I go back to a yep. home. I drive back to my home. I don't have yep. to labour in a field on that level. And you, you, that's right. And you, you walk. Um, you know, um, that's one of our problems in our society is that we don't do enough walking. Mm. Um, but you know, the people there are just the most wonderful people. Um, always when I come back from Nepal, I have, my level of resilience has risen. Um, I, I feel a different person. Um, things that annoy me here, um, I just shrug my shoulders over there and say, yeah, well, you know, um, okay. And, and you just get on with it. It's, it's, uh, um, and the people are so happy and, uh, there's always smiles and it's just, they're just lovely people. It's a pleasure to work with them. And your in, your enthusiasm is infectious. And I really hope that our listeners um, go out and they buy the tickets for your International Women's Day event. You're, so now they can they can do that through the Wurunga Rotary um, website, page yes. website, which is WurungaRotary.org. Oh. That's right. And then rotary, all one word. Yes. yes. And then uh, forward slash event and forward slash International Women's Day event. The event date is the 18th of March. It, uh, it starts at 6.30 for a 7 o'clock start and it's at Kuringai Town Hall just off the Pacific Highway there. You can get a, a table of eight and it's $60 per head. Bring your own drinks and there's parking at the Town Hall or in Telegraph Road. Isn't that right? And if people don't 
want a table of eight, don't worry, just come, right, buy, buy the ticket and come because we will put you with really nice people because yeah. all the people there are there to help the Nepali people. Yes. So that's, yeah. You're and it's all great. We, we learn so much from sharing tables with other people that's as right. well because that's we right. bring all our different experiences and our walks of life. I think those are the best evenings I've had where actually I've gone been brave, bought one ticket, gone, and just met people that I just uh, just grew my world. So I, That's right. yeah, I really That's encourage right. people. If you just are one person and actually you're inspired by what Anne has shared, then please, please consider going. That's right. Lovely. That's exactly right. Thank you. Now, if yes. people want to make donations like myself and we can't go, how would we do that, Anne? Um, it's probably easiest to send um, a, a cheque to the Wurunga Rotary um, to Post Office Box 13, Wurunga. Okay. 2076. 2076. All right. Lovely. We'll have that um, on the website as well. Thank you very much, Anne. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us on Sunday morning. And um, thank you, Lucy. I, it would just I, I look forward to hearing about the event and maybe you know maybe you could come on and do a longer show telling us about uh, your trips over and and we'll see where we go. Anytime. Lovely. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you very much. Bye. That was Anne Prescott from Wurunga Rotary. And it's a wonderful evening on the 18th of March. I really encourage you to see if you can get yourself down there. As you say, just take one ticket, see what you can find. Now, there is um, there's a, one other event that I need to tell you about, which came out of International Women's Day. And that is the... Being a Woman in the World Today, Course 2, Understanding Menstruation, Menopause. This is a, uh, is a course that's been designed for women wanting to understand more about the significance of the phases of her menstruation and or menopausal cycles. Now, this is something that I really got thinking about. I, I got thinking about how much we um, hate menstruation. How it, and, and I say that as a general, which obviously it isn't. There are some people that don't. But I've worked with young people in schools and very often they talk about it as being a curse and as being something that they dread each month. Um, you know, that it's almost like the body's letting them down because they have to slow down and they'd much rather bulldoze through and not have to, you know, take care and, and nurture their bodies in that way. And then the other end of the cycle, you get hot flushes or you get the mood swings, the same ones that you get in, in puberty. You get them as your hormones go the other way as you start menopause, perimenopause. And I wonder again, is this our body uh, trying to have a conversation with us through those hot flushes that we want to bulldoze through? And is our body saying with the pain and the physical symptoms that we have that actually you know, we're not supposed to be bulldozing through, that it, it's struggling with the disconnection and it's trying to slow us down, trying to get us to um, be okay with feeling fragile. And of course, pain does make us feel fragile. It does make us much more aware of um, of our vulnerability. So 
does our body by any chance have a flow and a rhythm that it adheres to naturally that means that all our systems work in harmony with each other so we stay alive and we process food etc is this flow reflected in nature perhaps in the moon cycles in the plant cycles you know the plants grow when it, it's the perfect flowers flower when it's the perfect setup they don't when it's not yet if we're not aware of this flow and perhaps our media our culture our religion encourage us us to put others before ourselves championing being good kind and thoughtful then we create a normal that's going against that flow and i wonder if this is part of what's breaking down women's bodies and and the increase in rise of illness and disease is it an outplay of our neglect for that natural flow so it's something I picked up on International Women's Day. I saw the flyer. I do feel that it, you know, it's an opportunity to actually get to know what our cycles are like. And it's an opportunity to redress the balance of uh, what we have taken as normal that perhaps might not be normal, which is really everything that we talk about on this show. So remember, we're coming to the end of the show now. So remember, regardless of what has or is happening in your life, you are and always will be amazing the key is to connect with that space and learn to build a relationship with your body so you can recognize when your body is trying to tell you something is not quite right and then seek support with the appropriate support service be that mental or physical health look for support in the community it is there podcast for today's show will be available through the stay in the loop with lucy website and on soundcloud and if you want to get updates then just find the facebook page for stay in the loop with lucy and like it or um, even the webpage www.stayintheloopwithlucy.com links to all of those spaces are actually on the triple h homepage. next week's show is a conversation on the importance of sleep i've got Emma from Wattleseed Healing Centre and Dr. Rachel Mascord, who works as a dentist and has been on the show before talking about her experience of sleep. And um, we're going to bring you up to date with current research and how it affects both our physical and our mental health. Till next week's show, remember to take a moment to look after you, to connect with the amazing people in our community, perhaps buy one ticket and go to one event and sit on a table with people that you have never met before and see what happens to your world be kind be caring be love be all of you you've been listening to stay in the loop with lucy on triple h 100.1 fm 